0: FM, The Drive, presents the Behind the Song podcast. Taking you deeper into classic rock's most timeless tunes. Here's your host, Janda. In this episode of Behind the Song, let's explore River by Joni Mitchell. From the moment you hear the first few notes of River, the melody of jingle bells played in a sad minor key, you know or you at least suspect what you're in for. Your eyelids drop and you get a little faraway look in your eye. That's because Joni Mitchell took a sentiment that's hard to describe. The melancholy of Christmas when it doesn't stack up to the hallmark version you're affronted with everywhere you go. And she put it to song in a way that's sometimes painful to hear. When her friend Chris Kristofferson first heard this song and the rest of the album blew back in 1971 when she released the album, he said he was almost embarrassed for her at how confessional it was. He cautioned her to save something for herself, worried that it wasn't altogether healthy for an artist to wear so much of her heart on her sleeve. But Mitchell had something to get off her chest. She was coming off not one, but two breakups, one with Graham Nash, who she was with for two years, from 1968 to 1970, and then from 1970 to 1971 with James Taylor, who she felt she had made a soul match with, but he was struggling with addiction and with his own burgeoning fame, and that relationship was not meant to last either. And she had a secret, older sadness, too, that rears its head on songs like River. I'll get to that in a minute, but first, let's trace back to where she came from. She was born Roberta Joan Anderson in November of 1943 in Fort McLeod, Alberta, Canada, to a father who was in the Royal Canadian Air Force. He was a pilot's instructor who had to move his family around often to different bases as part of his service. They settled in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan when she was around 11, Her mother was a teacher, but Mitchell was never a good student, and early on she had trouble operating in the confines of school. She started smoking cigarettes when she was just nine years old, around the same time that she contracted polio and was in the hospital for weeks. She started playing guitar, teaching herself folk songs by Pete Seeger, and then moved around to other instruments, the ukulele and the piano. She started performing in clubs when she was around 18. And always a painter, she went away to the Alberta College of Art in Calgary after barely graduating high school, but she didn't like the focus on being technically perfect that her instructors tried to force on her work. So by around 1964, when she was nearly 20, she quit college and threw herself into expressing herself through music, both folk and jazz, performing around Calgary. Even in that environment, Mitchell balked at the authority and the favor given to veteran musicians on the scene, all of them union players. So she started busking in the streets and made up her mind to only perform her own songs. It was around this time, in 1964, that Joni Mitchell found herself pregnant by a boyfriend she was living with, a fellow artist named Brad McMath. When she was three months along, he left her, taking off for California. She had absolutely no money, and she was afraid to tell her parents about the pregnancy. So she gave birth to her daughter alone, at a charity hospital in Toronto in 1965, and made the painful decision to give her child up for adoption. She didn't talk about this in public, but she said that the birth of her daughter was the moment that her songwriting became so confessional. Unable to convey the words she wanted to convey to the one person in the world that she needed and wanted most to talk to, her daughter, she started bearing her soul in her songs. The song Little Green on the Blue Album touches on her inability to take care of her daughter and how sad that made her. But I think you can hear that sadness and that longing in River, too. River starts like this. It's coming on Christmas. They're cutting down trees, putting up reindeer, singing songs of joy and peace. Oh, I wish I had a river I could skate away on. Now, how many of us have had to do something that we didn't want to do, to pay a price we didn't want to pay, or to be in a place we didn't want to be in without any choice in the matter? At those times, whether it's Christmas or not, it seems like the whole world is the one smiling and laughing, while you alone are the one carrying the weight of whatever burdens you. This is, of course, amplified at Christmas time, when to a person struggling, The forced cheer of the season can all be a bit too much. Something to escape from, rather than celebrate. The song goes on. But it don't snow here. stays pretty green. I'm going to make a lot of money, going to quit this crazy scene. Oh, I wish I had a river I could skate away on. Sometime around 1965, Joni Mitchell left Canada for the first time, going to Detroit and New York. She got married to Chuck Mitchell, a folk singer, in New York City, although the name she took lasted far longer than the marriage. The relationship fizzled in 1967, but she made New York her base for a time, playing and touring as a solo artist. She began to get the attention of other artists with her songwriting style and her unique approach to playing guitar, no doubt influenced by her love for jazz, but also by her compensating for weakness in her hand from the polio she suffered as a kid. In the late 60s, David Crosby saw her play at a club in Florida, and he was so blown away by her that he brought her back to Los Angeles with him. It was this meeting that really set her on her path. She was eventually signed to a record deal and released her first album. Los Angeles became her home base, and it still is today. So by the time she wrote River for the Blue album, her fourth, in 1971, she knew how Southern California weather in winter was really no different from spring or summer or fall. She wrote this song when she was living in Laurel Canyon in Los Angeles, which, although it's in the heart of the city, is really just a grouping of hills forming a pass from the L.A. side of the city to the valley side. There are trees and flowers. And yes, even in winter, everything stays pretty green. And how that must have affected a girl from the wilds of Canada who wished, after breaking up with two lovers and carrying that secret of hers for so long... For nothing more than a grey winter's day, and an icy river, and a pair of metaphorical ice skates. The song goes on. I wish I had a river so long I would teach my feet to fly. I wish I had a river I could skate away on. I made my baby cry. He tried hard to help me. He put me at ease. He loved me so naughty, made me weak in the knees. I wish I had a river I could skate away on. I mentioned earlier that David Crosby discovered Joni Mitchell. They were also together briefly upon her arriving in Los Angeles, but that relationship soon fell apart because she felt he was treating her like a prized possession, some kind of a diamond in the rough that he would found like a miner striking gold. She then sparked a relationship with his bandmate, Graham Nash, who was married at the time. Their two-year relationship was rocky. He once found her in New York, shacked up with the songwriter Leonard Cohen. But they did settle together briefly. The Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young song, Our House, was written about their time living together. Joni Mitchell wrote the generation-defining song, Woodstock, which was made famous by their performance of it at the festival, which, by the way, she did not attend. Her relationship with Nash ended around 1970, and he went on to battle over the affections of singer Rita Coolidge with his other bandmate, Stephen Stills. I'm telling you, Fleetwood Mac had nothing on the romantic roller coaster ride that these folks in the late 60s and early 70s in LA's Laurel Canyon did. But that's for another episode. By 1970, Joni Mitchell had embroiled herself in a short but intense relationship with James Taylor. He was, at the time, battling a heroin addiction and had just reached the top ten for the first time with his song, Fire and Rain. She said he was moody and incapable of a relationship, and they broke it off. So this part of the song could be about Graham Nash, could be about James Taylor or Leonard Cohen. It's a long shot that it's about David Crosby, but it's possible. And suffice to say, she was probably at that point you get to after a good breakup where you just don't want to be with anybody, at least for a while. How you just want to skate away from the drama. The song goes on. I'm so hard to handle. I'm selfish and I'm sad. Now I've gone and lost the best baby that I've ever had. I wish I had a river I could skate away on. I wish I had a river so long I would teach my feet to fly. I wish I had a river I could skate away on. I made my baby say goodbye. In 1971, no one in popular music wrote lyrics like this, calling themselves out for being selfish and sad. This is the stuff that Kris Kristofferson warned her about, about being too open and bare. But Joni Mitchell wrote this song like she lives her life, out in the open. And her style has influenced artists whose stock-in-trade is soul-searching confessionals. Taylor Swift, Jewel, and others come to mind, following in the footsteps of this legend. The song ends. It's coming on Christmas. They're cutting down trees, putting up reindeer, and singing songs of joy and peace. I wish I had a river I could skate away on. Mitchell and her daughter were finally reunited in 1997 when her daughter was 32 years old. Her daughter, who she named Kelly Dale, was renamed Kilarin Gibb by her adoptive parents and was raised in a comfortable home in Toronto. People had told Gibb she looked a lot like Joni Mitchell as she grew up. Blue eyes, blonde hair, and she set out to find the identity of her birth mother when she became pregnant with her own child. Mitchell had begun searching too, both women answering a need to find one another after all those years. When they connected, Mitchell left Killarin a message that simply said, Hi, it's Joni. Please call me. I'm overwhelmed. River was never released as a single, but it has become a Christmas song for her fans Because it represents a side of Christmas and this time of year that a lot of people have a difficult time expressing or dealing with. The sadness of Christmas pasts, better times with better lovers or old friends, of holding a baby that you couldn't take care of but loved very much and had to let go. And the song has been covered by over 500 artists around the world, including her former flame, James Taylor, her sometime collaborator, Herbie Hancock, Hart, Linda Ronstadt, Roseanne Cash, Sam Smith, and CeeLo Green, to name a few. James Taylor has said something I like about this song, something to the effect that it wasn't meant to be a Christmas song, but it was the Christmas song that was meant to be. I'm Janda, and this has been Behind the Song. Special thanks to Christian Lane for sound design and engineering. On the way, episodes on songs by Supertramp, Jerry Rafferty, and more. Classic rock and roll. Put the power of podcasting to work for your business. You can be part of Behind the Song and reach potential customers inside every episode. To advertise your product or service by sponsoring Behind the Song, send an email to podcast at hubbardradio.com now.